Hi guys, you are now listening to episode 67 of the No Shame In My Name podcast. I'm your host Juliana and today we're joined by a special guest. Hi, uh, my name is Quayhan. I'm 23 and I'm really excited to be on the podcast today. Hi Quayhan, thank you for coming on. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and tell us more about yourself. Like, um, what do you do? What are you interested in? So I am currently, I like to call myself a researcher because uh, that's what I am. But I'm a postgrad student. I'm currently studying my master's at UCL and um, I'm a historian. So I look at the black diaspora, black geographies, and I'm really interested in archival silence and matters with like constructing and deconstructing, well, reconstructing um, the archive, I guess, to illustrate and illuminate like black experiences and black lives across the black diaspora. Um, mouthful, but that's me. I've always loved history. I've always loved kind of like historical inquiry and looking back at the past and why the past and how the past, sorry, has shaped the now. And as I went through, you know, like further study and doing my summer undergrad was in history, I realised that history has so much scope for like exploration and thought. And I was just like, mm-hmm. this is a space I need to do. Like, if I really want to understand historical processes and they are, their impacts today and sort of like maybe, maybe like um, a forecast for the future also where we're going, history is the the place from where I'm going to do that. Like it's the discipline I think that has, that will equip me to understand me and those like me. Um. And yeah, I guess I'm going to just segue into the first question, which I ask all my guests, which is what name are you bringing to the podcast today and why? So I'm bringing my first name, the name I go by, which is Quahan. I am bringing that because it means a lot, like it carries a lot of weight, but also it's it's kind of like the marker of me and in saying that I do actually say my name wrong so I say Quahan just because it's just easier for me to, I have a lot of back and forth already with the whole Quahan people are like how do you say it Sierra Leonean it's Mende and it's pronounced Quahan so it's kind of like a silent N and yeah so my did you ask what it means as well no but please do share because that would have been my next question oh okay look at me jumping the gun yeah no 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 go 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 through girl <laughs> <laughs> so it means in the war like quite literally Kwe is war in Mende and hmm is like in the so my name means in the war because I was born in Sierra Leone on January the 12th 1999 in Freetown six days after the rebels finally entered Freetown during our like at that point I think we were like nine years into our civil war so yeah my initial due due date was actually um j6 so j6 is commemorated because obviously it's it's when the the civil war reached the capital city um so like that that holds a lot like for me like being born when i was born um in the circumstance i was born and funnily enough my parents were going to name me delay which means peace and my mom was just like wait what I've just gone through the last few days and also like what's going on. I can't call her peace. Like she has, this child I'm having has to commemorate and reflect the right now, which is why Quahun. How, how does it feel to be named after such a significant historical moment in your country? It feels weird because I think oftentimes I'm disconnected from it. It's not something that I'm like, it's not an active 
ever-present conscious thing that I'm I'm like grappling with. So I'm becoming a lot more interested and concerned with like Sierra Leone and history. And when I think of like, ah, oh, if I'm going to be a historian forever, like if this is my life's work, I can't just look broadly at the black diaspora I've got to look at Sierra Leone and when I think about that I'm just like I have to look at the civil war I have to look at the ways we memorialize the civil war I have to look at how it exists in our collective consciousness and who better to do so than somebody who's literally a memorialization a a walking living legacy or testament to to the war like that's how I've, I've started to understand like naming my name can you tell us more because prior to this conversation I did not know that Sierra and had a civil war and so yeah could you please like educate us the Sierra Leone civil war lasted from March 1991 so 23rd of March 1991 till the 18th of January 2002 it was a very brutal war um a lot of senseless like violence it's something that's still really like like you know something that evokes a lot of like emotion and and Uh. yeah so when I'm not like thinking about the legacy of the war and have to speak about the actual war it's kind of like oh yeah no that makes sense I think for someone like me looking on the outside I just view it as this like thing that happened so like I wasn't in it so yeah I guess it takes on a different significance the meaning of your name and then having this historical backdrop is just yeah I've just found it so interesting have you always known that your name was so tied to your country's history from young like I'll have aunties and uncles and just people like in the wide community be like Quay Vaya in Mende there's also a name Konya which means like war girl and then they also have names like Quay Vaya Quay Go so all, all names relating to, to the war so people be like wow Quay because as soon as you hear my name if you're Mende you know I was born in the war mm-hmm. and then they'll be like oh I haven't heard this one before as in my specific name because there's Quayvaya, Quaygo, Konya. I'm sure I think there's another one I'm missing out and um, are quite like common. But I was even speaking to my mum like last week and she's I'm yet to meet someone with my name. She's also yet to meet someone with my name. So as of right now I just go and say I'm the only person with my name. Because I <laughs> most likely am because my name is not necessarily a name whereas the others are names. My mum kind of just put put it together. And also the type of person I am, <laughs> I'm very, I wouldn't say boisterous, but I'm, I think young, when I was a lot younger in particular, like I was so full of energy and just bursting of energy. So I'm like, yeah, you're just your name. Like you're just, I don't understand. I don't understand that because war and, but I guess being a loud, boisterous, bubbly person, they were just like, yeah, you're really fiery and you were named correctly. And I've had comparisons with like my sister, she's called Kone, which means happiness and joy. And they were like, yeah, you guys are the complete opposite. She's peaceful, calm, happy. Whereas you're boom, 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 boom. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Initially, when I was like saying hello to you before we went live with this, I didn't want to get your name wrong. I was going to call you that Kohorn. Like I didn't, no, so how often do people find it easy to pronounce your name and how, yeah, like what's been your experience on that end? Um, I think people, I think people definitely have struggled to say my name. Um, so just generally, especially at uni, I just go by Quay. Um, it's just my nickname that no one really called me Quay um, until uni just because I kind of made the active decision. I mean, at sixth form, they did a little bit, but only my dad, like I didn't really have a nickname. My mum doesn't 
have a nickname for me. She prefers to call me the name she gave me and that's her justification for it. The way to say my name, the way my mum says my name, the way my grandma says my name or anyone whose native tongue is Mendir also knows that Quahan is an incorrect way to say my name because it's a very anglicised pronunciation. And I don't necessarily prefer that pronunciation over Quahan, but it's just, again, for ease and brevity um, to avoid the whole, no, this is how you say it. And also, I can barely say my name correctly with the men, like in Mendir, so let alone people who's, who's first language or, or aren't familiar with Mendir. But I also really like to kind of, this is odd, but um, I think my name is so special and I really do love my name and I kind of like to keep it to myself and to those who are closest to me. So I prefer that people don't know how to say my name. And then it's also a nice conversation to have and I think people learn a lot from it. But yeah, I'd much rather be in, like introduce, my, I'd introduce myself as Quahan obviously and be like, but you can call me Quay because I just feel like Quahan is for those who are nearest and dearest to me. My house. So okay. it's just really, it feels really intimate. It feels like if you call, because of how many people do call me Quay now, it feels like if you call me Quahan, you really do know me. And I've like let you call me Quahan and you call me Quahan because you really know me well. So it's, it's become a bit, a bit of a special thing for me now. I think names and naming is just so beautiful. Like, especially names that just carry, like even like a lot of people, maybe not their first name, but I know a lot of Africans in particular, the names carry such meaning and you'll have like your outside name that everyone calls you. But at home, your mum will call you the name she loves the most or the name that means something to do with your grandma or something to do with her. Like, it's just so intense Mm -hmm. and personal and just names are just so beautiful. In terms of your role as a researcher and a and a his, historian how yeah removing I guess the personal aspect what role do you think names have in terms of history I am specifically right now um focused on concern with like the Caribbean American um a history of American slavery module in my final year of uni so um I've kind of encountered things to do with naming and naming practices particularly like for resistance purposes and for survival there's a prevalence of like the Ghanaian day name system so like Ajwa, Kwabena all of those different names across the Caribbean so like um, Jamaicans have kind of modernized that or it's just kind of evolved so they have names that sound like Kwashi and stuff but um, like Kujo Town and they have names they have towns or areas named after people in history um again this is, I could be more specific but I'm not being specific right now but um yeah so I've kind of been concerned with that and, and have read a lot around that and I find it really interesting to see the the connections but even even place names um cities in the Caribbean so you have um in the Dominican Dominican Republic you have a place called Madinka or, let me get the name correct but okay. it's essentially named after Madingo people from West Africa so there are traces of obviously like Africans and African people even in in the names of towns let alone the names of people which I find quite beautiful so it reflects the fact that there is an African presence and there was mm-hmm. an African presence but specifically to the um North American African-American context so names like you know the the kind of like stereotypical names that we think of there is a history to this despite slaves 
forming familial bonds and having family structures recognizable to them they were often dismissed by slave masters and minimized obviously like the the role of family or the fact that they people had bonded to one another people were sold left right and center far away like america is is massive people were sold to different plantations so there are practices of naming people really complex names that only a mother could remember or recognize in the hopes of if your child gets taken away from you and sold if you one day meet them or you have freedom you can ask around have you seen so-and-so and i found that really sad like really really sad um, but it, it made sense to why those names have have persisted and continue. Like it's a part of African American oral tradition now. A name mm-hmm. is the same way we have names and and different systems for naming, like on the continent. I also did a project this year at uni for one of my assignments. Um, I did a podcast called "The Politics of Pronunciation." Oh, cool! And it was I spoke to. I got loads of my friends with beautiful names, kind of like, tell me the meanings of their names. And I kind of explored it, explained it. And then I just spoke about the history. So um, the colonial history um, of names. I find the fact that we still name our kids in our native tongue. We still use day naming systems or naming systems. We still give our children such elaborate, beautiful names that, talk about you being God's gift or commemorate the imagery and spirit of your grandmother or your grandfather. They still exist today, not only across continental Africa, but within the diaspora. Like how many Black Nigerians in particular um, do you know that still have such beautiful names? Third, like second, third generation people are still naming their kids Nigerian names, like whatever the... Um, the ethnic background and I find that so beautiful that despite this colonial interruption and the violence of colonialism and attempts to distance us from our culture and our background violently so names have still survived is that podcast still available for people to listen to the one um, it, it was just I, it was an internal um it was an internal submission so I never I never actually, like, it's not out anywhere. It's just sitting uh, on my computer somewhere. But it sounds so, like, pertinent to what this podcast is about in terms of learning and sharing about names and the power that it has. So, I don't know. If you if you ever do put it out, I'd love to, like, I don't know, be involved with it somehow. Sounds so good. But um, coming back to your name and, I guess, your roots your heritage the mende do you speak men is mende a language as well yeah so that is the name of the people and the language okay cool and do you speak a mende so different people will tell you different things on that i personally will tell you (laughs) my mom will tell you no i can't um (laughs) no um my comprehension so i understand um mende like far far better than i do um speak mende but i am I'm trying to constantly like reply to my mother in Mende and just ensure that like I'm I'm picking up and expanding my vocabulary so I can speak a lot better and a lot more. Like I said, the answer is different people will tell you different things. <laughs> but more or less, like, yeah. If you can get somebody's intent and somebody's care and they can still communicate with you, like 
it's not necessarily what is spoken through language that makes language important. I think it's all the unspoken subtleties. If you can get that and you have the cultural context and cultural cues of a language, then surely you are proficient in that language. Um, But then also, like, there's different contexts. So, like, me just being a bit more technical about how much Mende I can speak, anything to do with the household, I can tell you, because that's where I've heard Mende the most. But if I was to... If I was to talk about history, I couldn't do this podcast in Mende. I right, yeah. In Mende, but like, I haven't listened to a podcast in Mende. I don't, I don't, like, do you understand what I mean? So there, yeah. are, there are varying contexts. One maybe can speak a language and others they can't because they haven't necessarily had access to it. My mum's fluent in Mende, fluent in Creole, fluent in English. And my mum can pretty much speak all of those languages in any, not pretty much can speak all of those languages in different contexts, like at work, at school, at, in the house, just socially. Whereas even my English, there are certain contexts, perhaps I, I couldn't necessarily carry myself that well in English. Um, Even in Creole, Creole that I've been speaking, like since I was like, that was, Mende and Creole are my first languages, but Creole is something that I've persisted with. Mm. I couldn't necessarily deliver a lecture in Creole because I know too many English words perhaps that would interrupt my Creole. So I just, I find language really, really fascinating. Do you have any Creole or Mende that you can teach us? Like any basics? Um, <laughs> um, maybe like, hello, hi, how are you? Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. In Mende, you would, <laughs> if you see someone, you're like, Bua. So I would Bua. say, yeah, Bua. Or, Bua. or another greeting, Bua is like, you okay, you good? And then... There's also kawiena, which is like, good morning, hello, hi. It can be used like formally, informally. So that's bua. And then the response to kawiena is kaiguama. So it's like, thank, it's like by God or thanks to God or something like that. The response specifically to bua is like bisye. Bisye. Bua, bisye. And um, kawiena, kaiguama. Bua, and then you say bisye, yeah, and then I'll be like, oh, obule, like what's your name, obule, and then you'll be like nyala, and then you say your name, nyala, yeah, nyala, Juliana. Wow, I love it's so like rhythmic and like poetic. It really, it really is. It really is, and I just wish. Um, I'm actually a little bit shy. Also, let me be honest. Let me preface that with like I'm. I'm <laughs> But yeah, it is it is really rhythmic. I think it sounds quite pretty because it's just like yeah, it's quite tonal. Um so there's yeah. Something can be spelt the same way, but it has four different meanings depending mm-hmm. on where you put the stress. Languages are just so intensely beautiful, like and complex, but so amazing. Do you have any Mende names that you particularly love? That I love? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I really do. Um, so I love, so my, so I love my sister's name. It's Colner. It means happiness slash joy. I also really like 
the name I was meant to be named. And I don't think I've um, come across anyone that's named that. So Delay, which is peace. My cousin's called Senya and I just love her name so much. Um, And that means prayerful woman. And I also love the name. Well, yeah, it is the name Nyava, which is like, it means for me. It sounds the same, but it has a different meaning. Nyava. So that's like, for, that means for women. I mean, I, I really like Mender names just in general. There's so many I can list off, but those are like my favorite, particularly Senia. I just, I really love it. Yeah, they're so nice. I guess, yeah, moving on to, um, yeah, the last question that I will ask you, but, and I ask all my guests is, um, what do you want the world to know about your name or names in general? I want the world to know that names, not, okay, I'm going to be specific to African names because that's what I want to be specific to. Um, that African names are innately spiritual and powerful and they are a sign of resistance and survival and that cannot be diminished or ever separated from the names that we carry um because we not only represent ourselves but we represent our ancestors who had to experience colonial violence directly and that we should take pride in the names that we have um and always be defiant in everything we do because our names are signifiers of that very defiance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Thank you so much, Crayon, for, yeah, for sharing this wealth of like knowledge and yeah, just giving us an insight into the story and background of your name. No, thank you so much. This was so fun to do. No, it's a pleasure to have you on. And yeah, like I said earlier, I'd love to like hear, have a listen to um, the politics of pronunciation podcast that you mentioned earlier. Or I would just like to personally encourage you on this pod to put it out there so that people can listen and hear this amazing work that you've created. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully I do. Like I really do. I just, yeah, I don't know why I haven't. So I think this is the push I need. So coming soon in 2022. <laughs> 2022, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Do you have any other projects or anything else that you'd want, yeah, I guess people to know about that's happening or, yeah, do you, feel free to mention your socials if, yeah, you're about that life and you want people to follow you. Too. Um, I honestly have nothing Apart from, I mean, if people want to hear my takes on the world, they can follow my Twitter. But genuinely, I've got nothing to offer. But stay tuned for 2022 because I've got a few things coming. Just nothing right now, mm-hmm. my opinions. <laughs> so if you guys want to follow me and my journey through academia, you can follow me on Twitter at Quay Aziz. Um, hopefully I will be publishing a few articles throughout the year that I think will be quite interesting. So yeah. Amazing. Thanks again, Quayhan. Thank you for listening to the No Shame in My Name podcast. 
until the next time. Bye. to like share and follow our content we're on instagram at no shame in my name pods